hairs on my body started standing on end. Silent. Nothing there. I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be a vital importance of helping us convince the masses. Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge to the other world. Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. Today I am speaking with Stephen Slusher, a man who has had a number of Sasquatch and paranormal-related experiences over the course of many years. Stephen has some unique experiences. He's, he's had some unique things happen to him. So I'm very eager to speak with Stephen today. Stephen Slusher, welcome to Type 471. How you doing today? Very well, thank you. Good. So. You are another one of those chosen who have had both Bigfoot and other paranormal experiences. Yes, that's right. All right, cool. So let's start at the very beginning of all that. Uh, give us some background about yourself and how this all started for you. Well, I'm from Mesa, Arizona. I grew up basically in a Mormon neighborhood, but we were, our family was Baptist. Anyway, we lived in a new neighborhood that was built upon a Hohokam village, find pottery, you know, in the fields and stuff like that. And at night, I would hear chanting. It sounded very guttural. I heard that several times. And once, I went to get in the bathroom, and I saw a witch in the window. You know, that's what it looked like, a witch from the Wizard of Oz. Really? Yeah, well, the window was eight feet, about eight, seven and a half feet up. Well, window, and it's covered with ivy, but there there's a grinning face there, and it just scared, the, scared me, so I ran out and told my parents, we were watching TV, and they didn't really believe me. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens sometimes. Parents tend to not believe that stuff, unfortunately. So what did this face in the window look like? Well, it looked like a old person with no teeth that was grinning. A real wide grin. It kind of had pointed features, too, and little kind of beady eyes. Yeah, it didn't look too pleasant. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound too pleasant at all. No, it was really. A, I still remember it. You know, it really shocking when I was a little kid. I was five or six years old then. So that's kind of where it all started. Yeah, right. But it really calmed down. I didn't really get. Really, too much interaction was tough until uh, about 2002, when I was I would have been 45 years old. Yeah. Anyway, I was staying in Fort Collins with my sister and her two daughters and her husband, and I was playing with the sea until with the girls, and I was pulling on the the rope string, whatever, and then. I'm, Pretty soon, and all of a sudden, this big, very gruff voice came out of it. They, they started laughing and stuff. He sounds like, they said, he sounds like he's mad. You know, <laughs> it was really weird. And then, then one, I had to watch the Wattman's prophecies. One night, I got a DVD at the store, 
let's take it out of the DDP player and put it in the case that all of a sudden I had a ring of paper on the floor. The ring of paper jumped up about six inches and came down. Then in 2003, I moved to Arizona, to Sholo, Arizona, because my cousin needed people to help do some work at a bank, remodeling the bank. Sholo's in the White Mountain, eastern Arizona, central eastern. I stayed in my mother's trailer. It was a vacation trailer there. And a lot of weird things happened there. Just one guy was staying with me. Then all of a sudden he left. Stayed in a, in a condo, so I was alone. And one night, I was sitting in a chair, and I was asleep. But I woke up because I heard a high-pitched noise, kind of faint. And I felt like, there was air pressure was changing and something was surrounding me. Then all of a sudden it just like something hit me like a pole or something and I started shaking real bad. The chair was shaking and I, I stood up. It felt like the trailer was shaking, but it might just have been me. And then I heard a real long a five or six second long scream, sound like a woman being murdered. It was really frightening. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> no. Not that it was going on. <laughs> I just want to focus for a moment on what happened to you in that chair that you're describing, because this I find very key. I have some thoughts about this, and I just want to kind of focus and get all the information I can get about that moment when that was happening to you. When you felt yourself shaking, where did you first feel it in your body? Okay, it was in my my hands and feet first. Then it came real fast to the, throughout my whole body. And this high-pitched noise, um, where did it seem to be coming from? Above me. It was coming through the... It was above me. It's like... It's like there wasn't a trailer there. It, it was just like I was somewhere else. And something just came down upon me, like there's no wall, no, no ceiling. Really very strange. I never read anything like that before. And so it wasn't like my imagination was conjuring something up that I read. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You weren't just imagining things based on something you had seen or heard or read about before. But no. I, I do have some thoughts about this. Um, Based on your description, and this is just, you know, I'm just putting it out there for your consideration. Based on your description, it sounds very much like what happens when kundalini is activated and begins to rise in the body. Are you familiar with kundalini? Yeah, it's from India. I'm somewhat familiar with it, yeah. Right. The word itself does originate in India. It's really just a word that describes an energy that coils around the base of the spine and then rises up through the chakras of the body. The chakras correspond to the endocrine system, the various glands of the endocrine system. And when kundalini rises through the body, it corresponds to an electrochemical process in the body. It's something that I have experienced myself before. This happens in correspondence to strange phenomena. Like sometimes people report this same thing happening during alien abduction 
or various other phenomena or interactions with beings of some kind. So it seems like there are a couple things going on here. First of all, Kundalini, it doesn't need to be associated with some strange phenomenon in order to happen, but sometimes when these phenomena are happening, it also does correspond with Kundalini rising in the body. And the Kundalini rising through the body kind of serves as a bridge between ourselves and other heightened realities, higher realities. So a lot of times when people interact with beings who are not from this material universe or from a higher realm, whatever, what have you, then then sometimes when this happens, Kundalini also rises. So I'm wondering if that is what was happening to you. If you were having this experience, you were interacting with some force, and this caused your Kundalini to be activated at that time. It, it's just a thought I had, so I wanted to bring it to your attention just to, yeah. to see what you thought of that. Well, it did seem like there was something that was behind it all, like something intelligent, like something was trying to contact me or whatever, a higher higher being or whatever. And this, it happened one more time, too. I was, I went to lie down, go to sleep, and all of a sudden I heard that same high-pitched noise and felt like air pressure was dropping and something was surrounding me. But this time, I was shaking really bad my hands and feet and it stayed that way for a long, for a while. Then all of a sudden, it just moved throughout my body, and I was, I was like a tuning fork, whatever. And the, the bed was shaking. Then I stood up, and I was so afraid I was bouncing off the wall like a scared rabbit. And I heard that high pitched scream too at the same time. It lasted like five or six seconds. That happened a few days later after the one on the chair. Okay. So, did you hear a high-pitched scream on two occasions, or or the one? Two. Gotcha. And where did the high-pitched scream come from? It was just like, uh, there. Like, same as the high-pitched noise. It was just there. It didn't come from outside. It wasn't, I guess it was inside, but it just didn't seem like that was possible. There was nothing there to make it, so I just heard it. <laughs> Well, I think we're learning that all sorts of things that a lot of people wouldn't consider possible actually are possible and very real. Yeah. So tell us uh, about the rest of this experience with the high-pitched scream. Did did anything else happen in association with that? No, as soon as the screaming happened, it was over with. I wasn't shaking anymore. And uh, I just was afraid, but I still went to bed and went to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't go jump out of the trailer and drive off like I was scared because it didn't seem like something was wasn't trying to frighten me as much as just contact me or whatever, you know. I mean it did frighten me but it just seemed like there was something intelligent behind it. And I didn't I wanted to stick stay around and see what what we would do next. I was just curious. <laughs> it made me very curious. Because, you know, stuff like that is just because it's impossible, it's supposed to be impossible, but it happens. So, like, uh, yeah, the several, I had just the usual haunting stuff happen at the trailer, too, where smoke alarms go off. Then I would hear, like, a piece of sheet metal making thunder noises 
and knockings on the walls from outside and inside, stuff like that. But I also had a very strange thing happen with my pickup, my little Nissan pickup. I had a cassette player in it, and uh, anyway, I had a, a tape that I taped made by a group called Love from the 60s, an L.A. group. They're a very good group. Anyway, at least the album was called Forever Changes. And there's a song on it called The Red Telephone. Anyway, whenever I got to see my pickup, it was on the red telephone on a certain section of the song that went as the nursery rhyme, like, they're locking them up today, they're throwing away the key. I wonder who will be tomorrow, you or me. So I would drive, and then the tape would be on some other song when I got out. Then when I get into it again, same thing. We're locking them up today. <laughs> and after five or six times, it became unnerving, and I took the tape out. But <laughs> that would be pretty unnerving. No matter where you stop the tape, you get back into the car, the truck the next time, and the tape is at that spot, and it plays that same loop every time you get into the truck and start it up. Is that what happened? Yes, exactly. That's pretty telling. Somebody was trying to say something. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to back up for a second. You mentioned uh, sheet metal noises that sounded like thunder. Did you have sheet metal lying around anywhere? Oh, no. Not at all. Hmm. No. But it sounded like when somebody jiggles some sheet metal and it makes that thunder sound? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. I'm wondering what that could be. I don't know. It's like, but then I had read about that later, and that happened before in haunting. I read about it, but I didn't know about it at the time. It's kind of unique. Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what could do that. All right. Take us through the rest of that experience. Okay, at the cello, I was kind of wondering if this stuff is real or just my mind or what. So I did a test. I went to Safeway, and I thought five numbers, and I played a Fantasy Five game that would give you five numbers, but I didn't write them down and put them into the machine. I just got them through the machine itself by the computer. I just got a quick pick, and it would give me five numbers by itself. But I thought of five numbers in my head, 9, 11, 12, 17, and 19. When I got the ticket, I, was in, I saw the numbers, 9, 11, 12, 17, 19. Uh, I looked to see what the chances are of that. It was one in 300,000 a chance. So, I mean, it could have happened as a chance, whatever, but... It didn't it seemed like with everything going on, it seemed like it, it happened in a spiritual way, like something could actually read my mind and manipulate a state-run computer, which is really wild. So it was very impressed. I was terrified and impressed. So. <laughs> That's impressive. Though I'll, I'll suggest an alternative possibility. Rather than something reading your mind, and influencing this machine, it could just be that you yourself had tapped into consciousness that exists outside of time, where you can see what's going to happen and what numbers are going to come up, 
Uh, it could have just been right. all you on your own. How do you feel about that? That could happen. That's a possibility. It really, it really is. 9-11-12-17-19, I, play, I always played those numbers in the lottery. So they're kind of like my numbers. But that's still possible. You know, there's as much something read my mind that manipulated the machine. So yeah. e- even before this experience, those were the numbers that you that you played? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then you uh, had the machine choo- choose the numbers randomly, and it, it chose those numbers that you already played? That, that I thought of, that oh. I would play right. often. I would play them often, but I didn't write them down or anything. It was just in my head right. during that time. Yeah. Interesting. That was kind of the end of that there in, in Sholo. Except for one, I, I went to Montana because my friend from Arizona moved back up there. She's from Montana. I spent the summer there. This was back in 2005. That was two years later. I was vacuuming, she was at work, and all of a sudden the house started shaking, and the knickknacks from her shell fell off. And then all of a sudden, in the master bedroom, right, right above it, in the attic, there's this real loud sound, not like a monkey, part monkey, part bird. And it, it moved across the attic, and up above the ceiling, across the house, and all of a sudden it just kind of hit in the house, there's two bedrooms on that other in the house, and a poster fell down in one bedroom, and a painting fell down in another bedroom. And they both had one had three jazz musicians, one had three pyramids. It's funny because I was playing the lottery again, then two, and I played the number three, and they won thirty six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's interesting. the 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 money that you won was in multiples of three, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but anyway, that summer, I think that's about it. Happened all oh, that that summer. Then she moved. She moved to Kalispell. She had lived in outside Whitefish in Montana, but she moved to Kalispell in a trailer park. And uh, I came up there. This is 2016. And the first night I stayed there. And uh, it was haunted. <laughs> so I can put, put it as. I was up at night and I heard all sorts of noises, like uh, gaping noises, knocking noises, bells even, and speech, stuff like that. So in the morning... I told my friend, you know, your back bedroom is haunted or whatever. And then all of a sudden, the blinds behind me shook very violently. That that night, when I was going to bed, I was thinking there's a CD player in the bedroom, and there's a CD in it that I liked a lot. It was Biggie Stardust and the Pirates of Mars by David Bowie. Anyway, I thought, just before I reached the door, I thought of a certain song, Moon Age Daydream. I thought, David Bowie goes, I'm an alligator. <laughs> I'm a mama papa coming for you, whatever. So I opened the door and then 
all of a sudden I'm an alligator. <laughs> I'm a mama papa coming from you for you. Mm. And uh it's really weird. It's like I never had that happen either when the C D player played exactly what was in my head. So did it just, it just came on it just came on and played that? Yeah, it just came on automatically when when I was coming into the bedroom by itself. Interesting. So you've had yeah. you've had two occasions where something along those lines happened. The first the the tape in the truck where it would where it would play that same part no matter where you left off. And then again with the David Bowie C D that came on automatically and played the the passage that was already in your head. Right. Exactly. And that happened the next night, same song. And I decided to change it to a different song. And the funny thing was, it didn't go to it right, right automatically. It was, I wanted to play Suffrage City. And there's a song called Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust. And, and right at the end, till the end of that, David Bowie sings Ziggy play guitar. Then it goes into Suffrage City with the sax and the guitars rubbing up. But I thought that was kind of clever because I always liked that bridge between the two songs. So <laughs> hmm. it's, it's like I knew that I liked that. And I seemed like. Yeah. I put in a Ryan Adams CD, the one she did, he did of uh, Taylor Swift. Um, Song first night I played the one song I'm not too familiar with that album or I don't know those songs but there's one song the bass it opens up the bass sounds kind of neat hmm. and it, it would they played that song too and I think he got tired of this game and then he just started playing at a certain time at night the, the CD player would come on. Did you ever get an impression of what it was that was interacting with you? No, I never did. It had to be something highly intelligent and whatever. But anyway, I played the lottery again. I went to the convenience store one one day, and I, I left my wallet on the counter after I bought a ticket, and I got in my vehicle and I realized that I left it there and got out of it and went back in and it was gone. Someone took it. Anyway, I canceled the card. I went home to my friend's house. I canceled the card. Then there's a check in there. I wish I had that check. You know, I said, I bought that. And then the next morning, I I uh, ate some cereal, some Cocoa Krispies, and I poured one bowl and I ate it. And all of a sudden, pouring another bowl, I looked in. There was something inside the cereal box. So I picked it out. It was my check. Folded up like it was in my wallet. Isn't that something? Yeah, that was, you know, I, I tell people that, that story, and they say, no, that don't happen. Ghosts happen, but... The, that don't happen, <laughs> but it did happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit too much of a stretch for some people, it sounds like. But uh, well, yeah. wh whether it's too much of a stretch for them or not, it really happens, and so they're just going to have to get used to it. Right, exactly. Well, it sounds like you had a special prize in that cereal box. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> like they always had a prize in the box. Yeah. Cereal. <laughs> it sounds like something was looking out for you. It sounds like whatever this was, was. I mean, like it was, this was a good thing that happened. Yeah. Well, a little while later at night, I was sleeping and I woke up because I felt the weight of my bed. And I, I woke up, he said, and there's a woman crawling on my bed. She looked like in her mid 30s. She had short blonde hair. She wore dark blacks and a dark blouse. And the funny thing was, when she saw me, that I saw her, she had this expression of fright. And all of a sudden, she didn't just vanish. The front part of her recessed back till it was back to the middle. It wasn't there anymore. In the back part, recessed forward. She wasn't there anymore. Did you say the... Yeah, that is. That is strange. Did you say the back part recessed forward? Yeah. Okay. It was like two halves, and they they came one, the first part, the front part, recessed back to the middle, and then the back part recessed back to the middle. Would it be kind of like an accordion? Like coming together? Yeah. Yeah, just coming together, but when they came together, there was it disappeared. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she didn't kind of fold up uh, like an accordion? No. Uh, like an accordion? She just, like, the front half of her body moved toward the middle, and that part disappeared, and then the back half of her body moved toward the middle, and it disappeared. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Exactly. Wow. What did this woman look like? What was, what are all the details of her appearance that you remember? Well, she was very good looking. Like I said, she has short blonde hair. And she's like in her mid 30s or whatever. And she seemed like she would have been a pleasant person or whatever. Person. She didn't seem like a scary ghost. Or anything. I wasn't frightened at all, hmm. and I felt bad. She, she was frightened of me. I guess I <laughs> 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 could see her. <laughs> did Did she look frightened of you? Oh yeah. Huh. It was really strange. Yeah, when she saw me, that I could see her. She had this expression of fright, like "Oh no," like that. Hmm. Oh no. Oh. It sounds like maybe, well, I just wonder if she ended up somewhere that she didn't intend to be. I just wonder how that works. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting stuff. Wow. Yeah, that was kind of the telling of the stuff happening there. Then I, I went back to my trailer in uh, New Mexico, where I am now, and... One night, several years ago, I was up at 1 o'clock a.m. I got up, but I wanted to wake up at 3 o'clock and watch a show on TV. I have narcolepsy, so I had a lot of hours of sleeping. Anyway, I just went lie down and said, for some reason I said, I want to wake up at 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the room spun around several times for a couple of seconds and then the digital clock read 3.04 and I got up and it was 3.04 and that's four minutes on my show. 
Did you say that this whole experience had started around one o'clock when you woke up? Yeah. So you woke up at one o'clock, and then how did it become three o'clock? I don't know. It just happened in a couple of seconds, just like time traveling. So there's there's time missing there. You woke up at one o'clock, and then before you knew it, like an instant later, it was three o four. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't go back to sleep. It was it was I was wide awake. The room spun around. It was three o four. I wanted to watch that show at three o'clock. <laughs> That's interesting. So you have a missing time period there. Well, missing time, or I. I time traveled either one. Yeah, I, I seem like the the latter. Oh, okay. What what gives you the impression that it was time travel? Oh, just because I was just wide awake and I didn't feel like I didn't. There was no the continuity was there perfectly. Uh, perfect continuity. It wasn't like all of a sudden like whoa, what happened or whatever. Like I would think of missing time. That's what I, but I did have a time, or I finally had a some time. I was driving home to my dad's, stepdad's Cadillac from a church thing late at night. And um, I was like half a mile from home on the road. I saw this very bright light in the middle of the road. It was like 20 feet high and about 20 feet wide, but it's very, very, very white, right? But it didn't illuminate anything. I thought that was very odd. But for some reason, I don't know why, I drove into it, and it caught me there. I was in a suspended animation for, I don't know, for a while. Then all of a sudden, the two cars passed me, and all of a sudden, I was driving home again. And I was like, no worse for the wear. So this this light was just directly in front of you on the road. Is, is am I to understand that? Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. This light was ahead of you on the road. You drove into it, and then the next thing you know, you're driving back toward your home. Yes. Well, that funny thing that where that happened, people there in that house had seen a UFO there once one night. I don't know if there's any relationship between that or not. Well, there very well could be, and there could be relationships between all the things you're experiencing. I mean, I mean, it seems to me like a, a lot of these things would be connected. Right. I always try to not make assumptions about exactly what that is. I mean, it, it could be something that people just haven't figured out yet. But whatever it is, it seems like it's all connected, and, I mean, it's it's reasonable to speculate that what you experienced may be connected to the UFO sighting. I mean, that's a perfectly reasonable yeah. idea. That's something about that area. I don't know. So, and, and you were living in that same area when you had the time travel experience traveling from 1 a.m. to 3.04 a.m., right? That was in the same area? Oh, yeah. Yeah, these were both in New Mexico. Okay. Outside Farmington. I think I've heard, I think I've heard about things happening in Farmington before, if I'm not mistaken. Are there a lot of uh, crops in Farmington, like orchards and stuff? It used to be. They don't have them anymore. It's become an oil industry thing now, economy. Hmm. So they used to have lots of orchard, orchards in the area for apples and peaches. 
anyway, the trailer two in 2017, the November one night, I was sleeping and I woke up because I heard, I thought it was my neighbors fighting. And then anyway, so I listened and it wasn't, because um, it wasn't in Spanish or English or Navajo. I couldn't make it out, but it sounded very wild, wild and fast talking and very loud. I didn't want to open the door. It was frightening. So I just looked through the blind and it was dark outside, so that I could see big figures for the brief seconds that I had the blind open. Two were tall, and one was shorter. And the, it was, and the voices were like a male and a female, and a, and a, and a sort of like a chip or whatever, <laughs> chattering, but in a high, little bit lower pitched voice than a chip. It was, so that happened, and that lasted several minutes. And all of a sudden, I heard the biggest owl I ever heard. <laughs> Very loud owl. And then there was just silence. What did this sound like? Oh, it's a regular hoot owl, but it was much louder than a regular owl would make, too. But uh, so I guess Bigfoot makes. Owl sounds a lot. Yeah, they do. Yeah, in fact, they're often described as being a lot like an owl, except much louder. Did this, um, yeah. did this owl call? Did it stay the same pitch, or did it change pitch at all? No, I don't recall it changing pitch. It was a deeper voice than a regular owl, but it was louder than a regular owl. But I don't remember it changing pitch. But. Gotcha. So what what happens next? What happened next? Well, I was in my trailer, and uh, then all of a sudden, I, I woke up, and my microwave was going crazy. I kept reading them the digital readout, 333-333-333. And so, for some reason, I opened up the door to stop it, I guess, from doing that. But then it microwave just blew up. <laughs> it didn't work after that. <laughs> okay, so you see the... The three 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 appear on the clock. Was it was it doing something or was it just flashing three three three? Oh, it was moving right to left. Three 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 in a series. Okay, gotcha. And then you open the door, the microwave door, and then and then what exactly happened then? There was just a flash of light inside the microwave itself. It was in a loud noise. And uh, that was in my microwave. <laughs> I hope you got a new one. Yeah, I did. But it's that's strange. It's something I don't know. There's there's well, there's there's something happening. It's and it and it seems to be affecting things around you, and it seems to be influencing electronics and stuff. Yeah, I just take photographs a lot. And one photograph which I didn't take, I found in my camera. It was of a Inside, we have an old pickup truck, Ford pickup truck, and inside the cab was a some sort of entity. It looked like a an alien. It had big bulbous head and big eyes and a real narrow neck, or whatever. So I, I always thought that was strange. I would get that photograph and how it came into being. 
too. So. That's interesting. Do you still have this photograph? It's around somewhere. I I was thinking of that today where I put it. I think I have it here. It's not in, I don't think it's in Colorado where my storage is. Anyway, speaking of storage, Colorado, I, I went from Colorado to New Mexico on a Greyhound bus, so I didn't take too much. I left stuff in my storage. But there's one DVD I wanted to watch that I left there. Then one night I woke up and the DVD was on my bed. <laughs> no it kidding. Was the searches. <laughs> it was what? The Searchers, old John Wayne movie. Oh. Cowboy movie. <laughs> wow. So you, you had left this yeah. DVD in storage in Colorado. You were in New Mexico, and you were thinking that you wish you had this DVD, and then all of a sudden the DVD appears on your bed? Yeah. Wow, okay. So did it appear like while you were out of the room, and then you walked in and you, you saw it? No, it's just like I woke up and found it. They're lying next to me. No kidding. So you had other Bigfoot-related phenomena happen to you, didn't you? Oh, yeah, in the, in the trailer in Cholo. I forgot to mention that. What happened was I was sleeping night again, and I woke up. I heard something banging branches against the tree up close. But it was, a, it was breaking the branches as I banged it on the tree. It just shattered the branches <laughs> like I thought. God, this must be a really strong person or whatever. Every once in a while, there'd be a knock, but it was just mainly branches being shattered. And the morning I got up and saw a whole bunch of branches just kindling beneath one of the trees around it. And I could see up above a little bit higher some, because I heard some popping noises too. And there was the branches broken up high. So. And I would hear growling, very low resonating growling outside my window. Occasionally the trailer would shake. Before you move on to the next thing, I just want to ask a few questions. You You actually saw all of these sticks that had been kind of splintered by this heavy impact? Yeah. So this happened actually on a on a bunch of occasions, right? Yeah, it would happen every once in a while. Oh, okay. Man, and and they would keep splintering these branches like these branches were just, you know, dissolve, they would just splinter into tiny pieces like every time this happened? Yeah. It would you would think it was pine branches and they're pretty big. You know, big enough to put your hardly put your hand around. So a Bigfoot, it would, it would put his hand around him, okay. But uh, they're just shattered. They're just kindling and just even worse than kindling. <laughs> wow. Man, imagine the strength it takes to do that. I mean, you, you imagine... Yeah. You imagine a chimpanzee is like four times the strength of a human. So I wonder how how many more times, how many times stronger a Sasquatch is than a chimpanzee. Right. That's true. Quite a bit more, you know. To be the king of the forest, I guess it would have to be pretty strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was always the story of the Mogan monster when we grew up. It was 
local Bigfoot that we didn't know about or Bigfoot yet. We just knew there was a giant ape man that ran around the forest in Arizona. They called him the Mogollon Monster. He it was parents would tell you campfire stories about him. Just to scare you. The Mogollon Monster. And so later I found out it was just a, a Bigfoot, local Bigfoot. That hangs out around the Mogollon Rim. The Mogollon Rim. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of sightings of Mogollon Monster, a Bigfoot in Arizona, in the forest. People don't realize, think of Arizona and realize that, but there is. That's true. A lot of people don't realize. When when people think of Arizona, they think of endless desert, but they don't realize that actually one of the biggest pine forests in the world is in Arizona. Yeah, right. Ponderous pine, that's true. You were about to tell me about another Bigfoot experience, and I, I interrupted you. Do you remember what you were going to say? Oh, just shaking, and uh, I would hear sort of a, what would you call them, like yapping or whatever. A strange sound. I couldn't really associate with anything. I thought it might have been from them. That could very well be. I mean, you've got other Sasquatch activity going on. You you looked out the window. You saw these big individuals. You heard the the tree knocking. You saw the aftermath of the tree knocking. So, I mean, you know you have Sasquatches around, so it's very possible that the other things were done by Sasquatch as well. I mean, you know, there's no saying one way or the other, but... I mean, the the odds are in favor of a Sasquatch. Yeah. And speaking of these individuals that you saw, uh, how how large were they, do you think? Well, one looked maybe seven foot, one a little bit less, maybe six and a half foot, and one about four and a half or five feet tall. It was, it was so dark I couldn't make out individual figures, but they're wide, you know, I mean, like the seven foot ones, like wide, like a stand up with plywood, it'd be like that. Funny that you mentioned that because I've actually stood up a piece of plywood before to kind of gauge the size of a Sasquatch myself. So it's it's funny that you compare it to that. Yeah, it was pretty big. I was, I'm glad it didn't go outside, but it might not have heard me. Maybe they're trying to communicate with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, in the Sierra Sounds, uh, Bigfoot recording volume two, there's a bastard in the night's cut. The guy's talking to one, and the way he, the Bigfoot's talking, sounds similar to that. So it was much faster speech. Yeah. They had to actually slow down the Sierra sounds to try to. There's a gentleman who is a former Navy linguistics expert, and he analyzed the Sierra sounds. Um, he detected language, and so I believe he actually slowed down the Sierra sounds to uh, try to listen and find patterns, etc. So the the speech, the Sasquatch speech, is actually many times faster than human speech. So it's right. It's like they're speaking on a whole other level. Yeah, right. Yeah, I forgot to mention also before I had the the talk outside my trailer, loud talk, and a couple of hours. Earlier, earlier, I had come home. I was going to my trailer, and an ambulance going by on the road up above me, about half a mile. And I heard these whistling noises, like three or four whistles, whistling, trying to harmonize with that ambulance. 
I don't know. It's like I know Bigfoot whistle, and, and so I just thought that was curious too. That is quite interesting, and uh, I am aware of that same thing being reported elsewhere. I've, I'm aware of them doing that with trains. Like they'll they'll start to whistle when they hear a train go by, and pretty much any loud siren or sound like that, uh, it makes sense that they yeah. would that they would do that. So that is absolutely in keeping with Sasquatch behavior. Right. I'm glad I pointed that out too. I am as well. Thank you for remembering that detail. Yeah. We're in the last few minutes of the show. Is there anything else that you have to tell us about? First, I want to say hello to Casey Miller and the, and the Bigfoot Encounters and Book Club members and and that uh, we're always welcoming new people into the club. And if you have encounters, that's always good, too. And I have... One thing it was it was a, it was really a head scratcher. My stepdad and I were tending to my stepsister's donkey, and it was the summertime. Anyway, I was filling up water trough, fifty gallon water trough, clear to the top. That afternoon we came by, and it was completely empty. The trough was, it was bone dry. There's no hole in it. There's no mud. And then I filled it up all the way to the top. Then in the next afternoon, same thing. Did a couple of three inches, drunk down, and the whole water was gone. And that happened like three times, and then and it went back to normal. So stepdad and I couldn't figure that out. That is curious. So normally there would only be two or three inches missing from the from the animals drinking the water, but on these occasions the, the trough was completely bone dry with no explanation. Right. Yeah, it's kind of curious. That is. Was it unusually hot on those days? No, it was probably like 90, which is kind of average here in summertime. I don't know. My mom said, well, maybe it hurt an elk jump over the fence and drink it. <laughs> There's no elk around here. <laughs> <laughs> but that that does point out a good point. Did you find any animal sign whatsoever around the trough when this happened? Oh, no. Hmm. There's no other animal around. There would have to be several of them to drink. And you would think there'd be silty water in the in the bottom and not be bone dry anyway. So <laughs> That's true. So a, a couple times you you filled up this trough with gallons and gallons of water and then the water just disappeared completely and the trough was bone dry and there's no explanation for it. Right. No. Very curious indeed. You know, my stepdad thought it was weird. He don't like weird things. You know, he, he stays away from them. <laughs> don't try to think about them. <laughs> Some people prefer to think that they can have a rational explanation for anything that they encounter and that, you know, they understand the way the world works. And so they, they don't like to think about anything that they can't explain. So it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Well, like I said, we're in the last few minutes of the show. I just wanted to ask you something. You mentioned that you have narcolepsy. Now, what usually happens when your your narcolepsy comes on? What what do you experience during those times? I just all of a sudden just I just fall asleep. Like I can be with friends, talking to them in the house, but all of a sudden I just go to sleep. And so I can't I can't drive on freeways or whatever. Just regular driving and have enough stimulus, stimuli 
keep me awake, but and I sleep during the day a lot. I'm up at night, early in the morning hours. But yeah, I I just I can't help it. I just fall asleep. <laughs> oh yeah, it's completely involuntary. But uh, you don't. There, there's nothing unusual that happens before you fall asleep. You just you'll just go to you'll just fall right well, to sleep. There's some with some people there is, but not with me. Some people who, but I, I don't. Know. Hmm. No, I just fall asleep. Okay. Some people um, have certain things that make them more sensitive to experiencing paranormal phenomena, and uh, sometimes that has to do with a person's individual chemistry and makeup. And so I, I'm just kind of asking you about it because oh. it's it it just kind of provides right. some insight. It provides you know a little bit more information. Right. It might have something to do with it. Well, Stephen, you're an interesting guy. You've got interesting stuff that that uh goes on with you when was the last time you experienced anything like this does it continue still yeah well the last time was last year when i got that dvd as a gift to my dad <laughs> oh okay so that was just last year yeah very interesting well Stephen, i i hope you keep us informed of whatever else develops in your life uh if if anything else happens just let me know because i want to know about it right away okay Okay. <laughs> All right. Like you said, Stephen, um, you're a member of Casey Miller's Facebook group called Bigfoot Encounters and Book Club. I'm also a member, so it's it's a good place. If you've had Sasquatch-related experiences and you want a safe place to talk about it, go ahead and head over to Casey Miller's Facebook group, once again called Bigfoot Encounters and Book Club. And Stephen Slusher, you're an interesting guy. Thanks so much for talking to us today. Thanks for being on Type 471. All right. Thanks, Sam. All right. Thanks so much, Stephen. You take care. If you've had a paranormal or other extraordinary experience and you want to share it with me and maybe talk about it on this podcast, email me at type471podcast at gmail.com. To connect with this show on social media, just look for Type 471 Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And be sure to check out the Type 471 Podcast YouTube channel. Please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471. <laughs>